welcome to Talent Heavy, the podcast that inspires you on all things talent. In this episode, we're talking about mobile recruitment. What's the biggest difference between mobile and desktop recruitment? What mistakes do we make when it comes to mobile? And how do we make the mobile process well? How do we make sure that people can apply? This episode is full of really, really great examples from all over the world, from companies who are doing it really well. Enjoy the show. Today, I'm joined by Akbar Karenga from West London and by the West Coast uh, Brit, British-American, Kelly Robinson. Welcome both. Hey, Baz. Nice to see you again. Nice <laughs> to speak hey, to you again. Doing, All right. So let's start with some uh, interesting news facts. Akbar, what's your news of the week? Well, Wreckfest 2022 is officially on... Uh, it is literally the funnest one or two days you can have, like 3,000 people come together and in the morning earnestly looking at uh, presentations and workshops and then it slowly starts loosening up uh, as the sun goes down. But the team, Jamie and Bobby and everyone involved, uh, they've got a new site and yeah, looking forward to it and meeting some people. Definitely, definitely. I'm going to be there as well. Right. Okay. Now, let me. I need to ask some questions then because... I need an excuse. I need to come back to the motherland, back to England. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this in the UK? Where is it? Yeah, so it's just uh, near uh, near North London, uh, Stevenage. Okay. They've taken a, a famous uh, concert venue uh, that played like a who's who in the 60s and 70s. And they're going to really just customize it to for like 3,000, 4,000 uh, recruitment people. Uh, obviously, I'm okay. being a little bit flippant and saying it's just a good time. It's actually just a crazy concentration of really smart people in this space. You see people use some of their L&D budget to bring half their crew. I think EY bought like 18 recruiters to the one uh, who just went in the summer in July. Yeah, I, I've been a speaker actually at uh, the last pre-COVID event when I was still allowed because I was actually also a speaker uh, in July, but then the Brits had some COVID restrictions and the Dutch were basically blacklisted and I couldn't come but uh, no it's one of the most amazing it's got an awesome lineup every time I mean technically they're a competitor of the events I organize but I don't see them as a competitor because they're way way above whatever I can put on myself it's nice nice Uh, um that that seems like a good reason to coordinate a trip back to the UK so Mm -hmm. I will absolutely look into that thank you so My news of the week is I thought it's really interesting that IKEA is now focusing on training refugees because uh, all through Europe, of course, we've had a massive lack of labor as well. We've also experiencing some of the great resignation, a bit less, I think, than the US, although the UK is uh, an outlier in Europe. But IKEA has started training refugees and has set a goal that by the end of the year, they want to have trained at least 2,500 refugees in all of Europe, and not just to get a job at IKEA, but to training them in all kinds of skills, retail skills, and of course, language, etc., etc. Although they do hope that they will stay at IKEA. And for example, in IKEA France, up till now, they've trained 88 refugees, and 83 of percent of them have stayed on 
working at the different IKEAs. Now, I thought that was a really cool way to solve your hiring problems by simply tapping into a group which is very underutilized, which is just not being seen by your average recruiter. I think that's a really good point. This kind of speaks to me because I'm actually a refugee. I came here uh, when I was six years old. There was an amazing startup called Chatterbox.io. What they do is language training for corporations like the UN, the Red Cross, and uh, I think a couple of major French banks like BNP Paribas. But their whole teaching faculty is refugees. So it starts off initially language programs, so French, Spanish, Arabic, but then also subject matter experts. So uh, the founder, Mursal, uh, she uh, was an Afghani refugee and her and her sister have been shortlisted for amazing things. She's like 30 under 30, already got her MBE. But that is a type of platform using underutilized candidate bases and specifically to refugees. Chatterbox.io really, really follows a lot of what IKEA are doing. Yeah, and I love the fact that such a massive corporation is investing so much money because they're not just training them on the job. They're also training them on the job, but they're giving them all kinds of courses. They've got this uh, enormous catalog. They're giving them access, and there's a foundation who is co-funding it, which is uh, the foundation of the founder of IKEA, by the way. But So it's, it's a bit of <laughs> incestuous there, but they're, they're just spending so much money on training them to have all the relevant skills to succeed in a country. And it, it just, for me... It speaks volumes. Yeah, I agree. I applaud any company that takes the approach of giving people a chance and training. Okay, so whether it's you know refugees or, or undereducated, or and and it comes to me, and, and I may have shared this with you before, Baz, but I, I read I read a, a statement once. I forget where I saw it, but it said the cure for cancer might be inside the mind of a child that can't afford an education. And that really struck a chord with me. And and so mm. any company that's that's willing to put money and time and, and to and to challenge the norm and to bring people in and give them an opportunity, round of applause. Well done. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, and IKEA does a lot of these, I think, really awesome stuff. If you ever have a chance of, of listening to uh, interviews with their CEO, the man has a vision. To give, end up with one final quote, which came from the Exponential View podcast they did with the CEO of IKEA. He said, I, had, I was lucky enough to have been speaking to the original founder, who's now, I think, 99 years old or something. He said to me, think long term. And he said, well, we've already got plans for the next 40 years. To which the founder said, no, I said long term. He said, how long term should I think? He said, I want the grandchildren of my grandchildren to still have an earth. And that's what IKEA needs to help provide. Very cool. Very cool. And, and it speaks it speaks a lot to, to, to many people, I think. I, I think, you know, there's plenty of people out there that have been given an opportunity, a chance um, by one person or one company, and it's been a pivotal change. I, I'm certainly one of them where it's been a kind of a fundamental changing point in their life and in their career. And so, yeah, great Great work. Yeah, and I, I remember you at Broadbean giving all kinds of people also chances in jobs which they didn't have previous experience in. Yep. Well, it's because it happened to me. I mean, look, you know, cards on the table. I was a council estate kid. I was a council estate kid and somebody took a chance on me. And if that person hadn't taken a chance on me, I don't know where I would have gone. But 
Somebody gave me an opportunity in a job that I wasn't qualified for. I didn't even have the right attire for. They literally said, okay, you can start on Monday, but you now need to get yourself a suit and, and a tie and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so for me, there's an element of payback. It's just that IKEA are doing that on a much grander scale than what I've ever, you know, I've ever been able to do. All right. So before we start talking about mobile recruitment, which is interestingly enough, very important if you want to hire refugees, a quick word from our sponsor. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. So, let's talk mobile recruitment. I know this is uh, something which is very close to your heart as well, Kel. Mm -hmm. So, let's start with the very first question. What do you think the biggest difference is between desktop and mobile recruitment? And what do we forget most often when it comes to mobile? So, let's let's start with the fact that I... You know, I've shared with you before, um, but I really want to reiterate the point. So, so we as a company, we're an advertising agency. We track tens of thousands of job applications, tens of thousands of job postings. Everything we do is around how do you get the best out of your job advert. 86.2% of everybody that responds to jobs through our platform, through everything that we see, is just responding on mobile. But I can tell you now, 86.2% of the experiences are not designed for mobile. So there's your first mismatch. So for me, two things. One, if you're going to make any fundamental change at all, is recognize that 86% of the people that are going to apply for your jobs are doing it on their phone. The second thing is, is we've got to get away from this reliance, belief, need, addiction to needing a resume, right? It doesn't work. I, I know you can do it on your phone. I know with Dropbox and everything else, you... But, but for the vast majority of people, they're on their phone. They can, they can sign up to drive for, you know, Lyft, Uber, whatever, with a few clicks. But if you ask them to apply for a job, you make it awkward and you put barriers in the way. And we see the drop-off ratio. I, we see companies where 85 90% of the people that are applying for their jobs don't complete it because it's a pain in the butt. So for me, two things. One, recognize the fact that everybody that's applying for your jobs, or the vast majority of them are doing it on a phone. Number two, Remove the resume from the equation at that point in the process. As you can hear, I'm fairly passionate about those two points. Akbar, anything to add? Yeah. So I've literally been looking at it and that's exactly it. So all roles where I am working, CV isn't optional. Uh, LinkedIn is an optional. It's, it's just getting into the mentality of you're just trying to get interest and get some sort of indicator in terms of a lead. That's that there. But importantly, maybe we should sometimes actually just UX the whole, they maybe will discover on mobile, maybe they'll investigate, but maybe there's a, something to kind of respect where maybe let me put that off until I get home. Let me sit down and then let me open a few tabs. 
there's that type of job uh, hunter. There's that balance there. And also maybe my last point is uh, I was speaking with um, Thomas, who's the director of people and talent at Juro. We have your main presence on your, maybe your, your .com. Then you have the, uh, the call to action is usually, does that send you directly to apply? Is, does that take you to like a different page, which is maybe the skin for your ATS? Is that also mobile uh, friendly as well? So we were talking about amazing businesses. They got sold the dream and their .com looks absolutely beautiful. And then when you click on apply, it's like, what the heck is this Teleo-like experience? And then they, they're wondering why the drop-off rate happens between those two different uh, sites. Yeah, no question there, Arthur. no question there. I mean, it's one of one of the things which actually I found that in the Netherlands there are fewer and fewer uh, people still using the ATS iframes. I always call them the, the ATS backends. Almost everything goes by API, in part because for the past fifteen years I had an award, and more and more people want to win the award, and they just know that. Having such a crap experience basically puts them out for the award. And I've actually heard now I've I've actually heard from several of the major recruitment site uh, builders, so the, the the ad agencies that build corporate career sites, that they are now getting requests for proposals saying it should be an award-winning website or we should at least be able to be nominated for an award at some times. And all of these agencies know where I scan for, so they're like, okay, so. That's an extra 20 grand for the integration through the your API. The last thing I want to add to this, because I agree with both of you uh, before we go on to answering the next question, is your job ad itself. On a mobile, you don't want to be scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And after the amount of text that a job ad has makes it feel like a book on a mobile usually. So being able to... Um, actually buy this, give a, a graphic design that it looks a lot less simply by changing colors behind, for example, what do we want from you? What do we offer from you? Makes the viewing and the reading of the job ad already so much more acceptable. And it, it feels a lot less when you're scrolling through it, if you design it well. And I think that's one of the things we really need to uh, look at as well uh, as recruiters when we want to design something for mobile. You don't want people to, what I call uh, the sigh experience. You don't want people to sigh as soon as they see your job ad, like, oh, I'm going to be reading all of that. Yeah. Mitch Sullivan is like one of my favorite people on this, the difference between job specs and job adverts. He's been saying this for absolute decades, and it's it just... It, it, uh, just follow him on LinkedIn, but it, it's just a key, key thing. You are not there to tell accountants what an accountant does for their job. They know already. You li- keep it to three. I, I, I like the old um, e-commerce cart rule. Can you do three clicks to basket? So if, if you scroll once, scroll once. And if you're asking them to do several more, you've potentially lost them on mobile. I remember, by the way, a really interesting one from Social Talent uh, a couple of years back when they started a job ad saying, if we need to explain to you what a marketing manager does, by definition, you're unqualified for this position. (laughs) There you go. Perfect. I mean, I don't want to sound like a stuck record and and, and it's not the first time I've said this, but the, 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 the clue is in the word, right? When you use the word job advert or job commercial, 
it's not a job description, but what we see is a job description. And, and, and fundamentally, I think there's three questions that should be in your job advert or, or three statements that be in your job advert. Who is the company? What are you likely to do for the company? And then most importantly, why on earth should you quit your job and go and work for them? But none of them say that. They're just bullet points. Like I, to your point, it, 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 if we have to describe to you what a marketing manager does, you're not qualified for this job. That's that's great. Just start there and then let's have a conversation. You know, I don't know if we're lazy or we've been bombarded with compliance or if it's just easier to take the job description that's, you know, scraped, pulled, copied, pasted off the Internet and give me any job description and you'll find five versions of it on the Internet. Right. Just by searching it. So I just mm-hmm. is it are we lazy or or is something else afoot? Why is that not changed? We all say the same thing and it's been pretty been saying it for years. Why hasn't it changed? Because we are saying it, but not everybody's listening. Um, yeah, uh, but if you want to have an entire episode on writing a great job advert, go back to episode nine of this podcast because we actually spend an entire episode on this. So let's now go on to the second question of a great mobile experience. And we already touched on this. How do you make a mobile apply, apply process? How do you get that done? Uh, Kelly, you said we see a huge drop-off rate, but not everywhere. Do you have great examples? Where we see the best results are interactive. So who are you? You know, Do you have this license? Do you have you know, th- three or four qualifying questions, whatever that happens to be, right? Depending on your, you know, do you have Java development experience? Do you have this, you know, nurse's certification? Do you have a, are you qualified to give first aid? Whatever, whatever the questions are relevant. And, and 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 keep it minimal and it's almost yes no answers because you're on your phone right so you're clicking through yes no yes no and at the end of that maybe there's an option for a resume or you know using one of the kind of um, profiles that you've already got online facebook linkedin etc and then at the end of that if the certain criteria have matched do you want to just go straight to booking a conversation with our recruiter so straight from the the mobile experience to a calendarly link or whatever the equivalents are and slot in a 15 minute call in so it's done that for me is the most successful not for me that's the most successful conversion that i'm seeing currently mm-hmm. um i i think i'm going to piggyback on that and just steal amazing ideas from ben glendale uh, when he was back at udall and his whole job was finding drivers and delivery drivers for delivery companies this was pre-pandemic, so it's probably a much tougher challenge now. But what he essentially kind of distilled the relationship was that, do you have a driving license? When is your availability? Visa. And then it was just that straight call to action. And because they were busy delivery drivers, they already had a job and they just wanted to be able in between to look down on their phone, press three or four buttons, and they were in the pipe. And he's gone into a lot of detail about how you're successful on that. So Definitely try and reach well, out. As, as Ben is one of our new co-hosts as well, we probably need to ask him about that in a future episode. Mm-hmm. And then to also look at also stealing from somebody, Chris Ray, who's also one of our new co-hosts. He did this by a chatbot when he was still at his elderly care facility. And he was qualifying them like, do you have the right nursing degree? No. But they were also had a lot of opportunities for learning the degree. So they simply ask, like, uh, have you ever taken care of somebody? And are you willing to 
I don't know, shower an elderly or something, a few selecting questions that you actually understood what the job meant. And if so, what's your current location? How far are you willing to travel in time-wise? I think like 20, 10, 20 or 30 minutes. And do you have a car or a bike? And just suggest also uh, uh, jobs. You know, do you want to, um, is this, do you believe that this job is yours? or could be yours, do you want to schedule uh, with hiring manager uh, a 15-minute call? So, yeah. Um, what I've seen in the Netherlands, by the way, um, which I also really appreciate, we've got one company where you start the apply process, and then at the very last page, they do ask for a resume because it's it's a really traditional corporate. But if you break there, they already got your information. You've accepted the GDPR compliance stuff. So they're able to, 48 hours later, they will send you an email like, listen, you didn't finish your application. Do you still, are you still interested in job? Kind of like that one as well, because it doesn't make, you know, if, if you're using a traditional ATS and hiring managers, which who will say, we need a resume, you can't change that because of corporate structure. This was one. And um, I've actually seen one site which said, all right, so um, you're applying on a mobile uh, because you can recognize the device, of course, with a website. Do you have a resume ready? No. All right. Do you still want to apply? And then we'll ask for your resume later. I consider that to be a really cool experience as well. I was like, oh, that's, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, this was a really small company. So it, it doesn't cost that much to build it into a website. Actually, is one for you, actually, Kelly. So when you look at the media spend and do you see like a a direct correlation between maybe that you've uh, invested in a mobile centric ad or social ad on a more mobile centric one like a Snap or Instagram? And then you seeing that mobile traffic carry on directly to application completion on the mobile version? Or is that more, more of a discovery thing and you expect that to roughly convert later? when they have a bigger screen or more time? I, I think the enlightened companies, and it almost sort of segues into the point I was going to make, is that funnily enough, it's, it's sometimes it's the smaller companies with less of the budget that are willing to put more effort into the experience because they need to convert or the cost of a conversion is more valuable to them. So sometimes with people with the larger budgets, whilst they have every intention to improve the experience, they can just pour more fuel on the fire and just buy more clicks. And, and, and so there can sometimes be a, uh, a disproportionate effect between experience and, and, and the size of the organization in, 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 in what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. So, but I think, I think to answer your question, um, it's, for me, it's almost 50, 50. Um, some companies are running social ads and they're just sending the candidates directly to the ATS. Um, and as you can imagine, the, the, the fall off rate at that point is, because you imagine, you know, you're on Facebook or Snap or, or TikTok and you've got this like wildly exciting, interactive, um, you know, video based ad. And then you click through and you're on a landing page for a typical ATS <laughs> and, it, and, and, and all of the fields, you know, normally, which normally starts with let's create an account. And then you create the account first before you can apply. And it's like, OK, well, that mm-hmm. that's like sentiment to, uh, to, to zero responses. OK, cool. Thank you. All right. So uh, let's end with a final question. Do you have any experiences where our 
listeners should go to to see an awesome mobile experience? Um, I'm pretty biased. Yeah, uh, but then it's one that I've directly worked for in my past. But you see so much more, Kelly. Which one would you recommend? I mean, uh, uh, honestly, we work with with a number of companies. So I, th- I think, it, you know, it's unfair of me to kind of like just specifically name drop. Um, but there are some really interesting experiences within the um, insurance sales industry right over here at the moment. So insurance sales in the US, and I don't know if it's similar in the UK, I think it is, is a commission-only role. that We call it a 1099 job. So you sign up for essentially gig work. You get you know, you know, get a commission if you sell or, or whatever insurance policies. Um, they have taken some really interesting steps to change from the you need a resume and almost taking more of a kind of a, a lead approach is if somebody's interested in having a conversation with us, we're interested in talking to them. And that experience is all focused on mobile. So whether that's, you know, the start point is a Facebook ad or a Instagram posting of some description, the follow through is to a mobile only or, or mobile first experience that's interactive with the capability to, as I mentioned before, to go straight to setting an appointment and talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cheat with that question and actually talk about a platform that can let you try kind of landing mobile optimized landing pages. It's called TapKit. And it was basically, um, you know, usually it's like, oh, check the link in the bio and then it takes you to somewhere really ugly. What it does, it just, you can kind of create a really fresh kind of swipe like experience and then call to action could be okay please upload your cv or can i have your email and then i'll get in touch with you uh, that's a really quick way where for relatively small budget you can start playing with uh, different types of mobile like experiences um, regarding your recruitment process so tap kit and i'm also very curious about your bias one because you worked for them which one was that well i'd probably say education first there uh, i think there, it was always a balance between how media rich you make something for the desktop as opposed to mobile. And I think there was a, like a very, very clean solution. Uh, they've got like an embedded infographic, which is a number of roles in what countries. And that transfers nicely to the mobile. But then all the other kind of floating images in the background that wouldn't work on mobile, they're just turned into flat static images. So I just appreciate the engineering behind it and some of the interesting UX decisions. All right. And my advice is to look at actually um, the Dutch railways. It's uh, on ns.nl. Unfortunately, the site is only in Dutch, but just use Google Translate. But the way they designed their uh, job ads with with clickable items in there, which, which will expand, it's just amazing. And another one, which is actually quite a small company, they're called Wartel. It's an IT company uh, with double L at the end. And they've also built a really great mobile experience, especially starting at the job ads, but also they're the ones that made the application process mobile accessible by simply saying, I'll add my resume later, which I just think is something really smart to do. And, you know, they're hunting for those really coveted uh, uh, IT staff, so they're like, well, everybody who says they ever did something in Azure or or, or .NET or C Sharp, we, we'll talk to them because you know, if, if you're telling us you want to talk to us, hey, we're happy with that. So 
On that note, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed all our tips. Um, If you do, give us a rating in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back next week.